amazing. So I have like two warm-ups. It really just depends on the gig. The first one is honestly just like doing like a meditation thing, but like I feel like it would just be so awkward if we were just like silent for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But my other one is a vocal warm-up and it's one that I learned in high school actually. Have you heard of like the numbers warm-up? Um where it's just like one, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one. Like that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that one. Yes, I do that just kind of like to like pump up the energy and just like keep it, keep it, um, keep it up, keep it hype for all of my shows. Um, I love that. Yes. So basically the full warm up, I think y'all know it, but it's just like, um, I'm going to start a little lower. Um, one, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then of course it goes down to like eight, eight, seven, eight. And like et cetera. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> That's a good one. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was yes. also good for like mental exercises. Like if you do it and you skip like five or you skip six on the way up and then on the way down you skip oh, like yeah. three or two. Right, exactly. Really makes you focus. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Melody. And I'm Mitch. This is a podcast where we speak with a variety of creatives to learn about their artistic beginnings. Today on our show, we have David Robinson. David is a music producer and performer with a really cool and unique style. Also, this music that you're currently listening to, she created that. We are super lucky. In this episode, she talks all about the artistic process and finding your voice in music. So let's jump right back in. Now we're basically into the show, so welcome. Hi, welcome, welcome to Artistic Beginnings. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yay. Of course. <laughs> um, also, I'm sure we have said this in the intro, but um, this wonderful human being is the one who made our theme music. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's Literally, so much better like, than the... It's so perfect. Of yeah. course. It is we my did... pleasure. <laughs> we had, like, when we... F our very first recording, we were just kind of messing around and just started like riffing really badly <laughs> like, yeah i was beatboxing melody song. was doing some random singing it was bad oh my goodness <laughs> so we're really happy that we actually have good music <laughs> yes oh my gosh i'm so happy i was able to be a part like thank you for like asking me <laughs> of course of course where do you want to start where do you want to take us on your journey <laughs> yeah so i grew up i was born in chicago we that's how we like i think that's how we connected in high school I'm yes that was yeah yes. so like, oh my god <laughs> right literally so i was born in chicago i was raised in la my first instrument is actually piano but i started as a classical musician actually and like my grandma was also a classical musician who's like my inspiration for like why i decided to pursue music in the first place but i started doing classical music i was kind of in and out of lessons i was mostly self-taught after a while but i did like do of course like the recitals and things like that I ended up not like following through with it just because like the teachers would get so mad at me because I couldn't read music as well as the other kids. But the way that I was able to learn the songs was I would watch like their hands move and like I would just like copy what they were doing. No, oh. literally. But it was like it was a, like a blessing, but it was also a curse because they're like, OK, we're literally not going to teach you like if you keep doing this. And I'm like, but like it's like it's fine. So I started with piano and then of course, I moved into voice and like singing when I was, I believe, 10 years old. 
and I sang in the gospel choir at my elementary school. And then I moved into musical theater in middle school. I went to Millican, of course, LOL. <laughs> oh, Millican. Yes. And I was a part of the musical theater program. I did shows like Hairspray, Bye Bye Birdie, like all of those. And then I moved into high school, went to Loxa. Also went to Loxa, hey Mel, period. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where our story began. Literally. And that was that was really where I decided to like hone my craft and like pursue a career of being a songwriter and like a singer slash producer slash artist. I started there actually as an opera singer up until so my sophomore year when I decided to join the music technology program. And like, although I was like really reluctant to like be in that class because I was like, oh my gosh, like literally like everyone's in opera, everyone's in vocal jazz. Like I'm, I feel so like mm -hmm. that was, it ended up being the most rewarding program probably in my high school career besides like musical theater. Because I ended up doing, of course, I learned how to do, how to use Logic Pro. I learned how to use Ableton. And I learned how to record myself on like softwares and like using different microphones and stuff like that. It just went super in depth with that world. And I didn't realize like how much I loved it until mm -hmm. I finally like called my mom when I was like 15. And I was like, I'm going to be a pop star. And she was <laughs> <love> like, <laughs> no, literally. Oh, my gosh. And she was just like, oh, OK, like, well, you know, I'll support it. I'm like, cool, thanks. But I ended up releasing my first little mixed EP at 15 years old during my sophomore year and actually featured my cousin as well, which was cool. But I released my first official album like on so, like on um, major media platforms at 16 called City Lights. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's like my beginning area. <laughs> that's awesome. So you said that you were from a very young age, got like inspiration from your grandma and you, you started off on piano. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the transition from doing music on instruments to moving over to your vocal trajectory? It was like, it was a very windy process, I would say, just because I was so insecure, even though like I knew I was good at playing, it was kind of weird because of course now I have like a strangely deep voice, but Back then, my voice was, of course, super high. So I would kind of would play the piano just because it was kind of like my hidden talent kind of thing. Like I knew my family knew about it, but I didn't really want to. And I was very, very reluctant about starting to sing because even though my family knew I could sing, I just was too insecure about it. But there would be times like in school where they would just ask me to like join like the gospel choir and just sing with them. But every time I would like people would be like oh my god he sounds like a girl like oh my god he sounds like a girl and i would start crying and like run off somewhere Aww. no literally i was <laughs> i i had the same thing i grew up i was also like that boy soprano and like the yep. same thing like your your voice just naturally sounds like that right oh my goodness it's it's really just how it is oh my goodness <laughs> But yeah, that was that was kind of where the transitional time happened. And then I officially started like using my gift like as a primary, like my voice as a primary gift during middle school when I started like getting performances and things like that and kind of had like a built up confidence within myself, which also was the reason why I decided to go to LAXA as well. Mm -hmm. And you said you you were in opera? Yes. Yeah. I started an opera under Stephanie Vallajos. Hey, Steph. Yeah, Stephanie. Yes. And that kind of gave me a lot of foundational tools for both really stage and just like vocal training. It also really just helped me center myself. I knew I didn't want to be an opera singer in the long run, but I also knew that like if I wanted to succeed in the way that I want to succeed, like I have to have the same drive of an opera singer, if that makes sense. 
because they're so like everybody in that course that wanted to be there was so dedicated to that craft and things like like I just I was like I have to match this energy in my own way that's so cool I, I love going into something for the the drive, not necessarily the like the specific technical skills that you're learning there, but to have that kind of motivation to be that much more yes. either aggressive in your your strategy. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so you took also in in high school, kind of the more technical classes, learning uh, Logic Pro and and Ableton. I just kind of wanted to know a little bit about like. I, you said that you were struggling uh, to to say like, oh, the, I, all these other classes are, are more important on, on that kind of thing. But you started really like developing kind of a love for that kind of side of it as well. Yes, yes, yes. Can you tell me a little bit about like what what kind of drew you to learning or feeling like you really loved that kind of space as well? Of course. So basically, the way that that started was that I was originally supposed to be audition. I auditioned for vocal jazz. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get in, but it was because I ended up singing the same song twice for both my audition and my callback. I was so beaten up about it. But what I ended up doing was if you don't do vocal jazz or opera, then they automatically put you in music technology. And at first, I was I entered the class just so just kind of like upset because I was like, Ugh, I should be like singing like beep, 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 like right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I ended up doing, like at first, it was a very long process just because it, the class it was ran how they would just present you like presentations and they would show you like different microphones and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to learn any of this. Like, when am I ever going to need this? Like, oh, my goodness. But like slowly, like once we really got into the nitty gritty, when we started turning to using Logic Pro, we literally just had, I would say, like basically three hours to just create and we could stay after school to work on projects. It was truly so cool because that music tech lab, like I don't know, if, I don't remember if you went in there, Mel. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> right. Like yeah. you literally have so much gear, so many like yeah, items. Anything you could ever want. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I learned to like, really love that class. And it taught me like so much about literally the whole world. And like, I it's I just think that's just like such an amazing opportunity, especially for like, I was I've been 15. Yeah, I was 15 during that time. It was just it was really like kind of a safe haven, like me, like I didn't like have a lot of friends in that class. But like, me being at that computer and like being able to just put out ideas and just like kind of build my music in like my category, like just my sound was like, it was a very great starting place for that. So it's just interesting how it can start off of something that I'm just being like, I don't even know why I'm in here. Like, da -da -da -da. it's like such a, I don't know, like a coincidence or something like that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. There was almost like this stigma at our school that like if you weren't in vocal jazz or if you weren't in opera and you're in the vocal department you were just kind of like not good you know for mm -hmm. lack of a better term and you know I feel like music tech and vocal fundamentals kind of got like a bad rep because of that but I mean it taught you everything you <laughs> you basically knew to know that you wanted to go into this you know in college and that whole thing yeah exactly and that's that's also amazing that it set me up in that trajectory to kind of move from that um to like going to berkeley 
um, and like using that to like get my degree. I don't know. It's it's such an amazing process. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100 percent. So when you were applying for schools, I don't remember, honestly, because it's been so long. <laughs> Did you take a gap year? Oh, no, no, no. That Oh, that's a whole story, too. Okay, so I didn't take a gap year. I went straight from Luxa to Berkeley, and mm-hmm. I graduated at basically 16, but like 17. Wild. <laughs> what was that like starting there when you were 17? Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of insane, to be honest. I think that I had a really big ego when I first got to Berkeley because I was like, I'm going to be famous. Like, and no one can tell me anything because, like, I'm just going to be like a star. Like, I'm going to be famous. And once I got here and realized that, like, everybody was just as talented, if not more talented than me, that's when I was like, oh, no. Like, I just got so insecure. And, like, it was it was definitely wild, especially being only 17. There was just, like, a weird gap between me and, like, everybody else. Because most people that entered were, like, 18, 19 and up. I was, like, one of, I think, two students to enter at 17. So it was just, like, a lot. And I did end up taking a year off after my first year in college. But it was it was a very interesting process, especially that first year, just because I didn't really find like my group of people until the spring semester. I ended up also finding like my now manager free. We both went to high school together, but I showed her a lot of the songs that I was writing during that transitional time. And she was like, I would love to manage you. So free. Yes, she is so amazing for real. (laughs) I forgot that that she went there as well. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Can you go a little more in depth on the challenges that you had? You know, I'm sure the age difference, but also just kind of the pressure of being at, you know, a school like Berkeley, feeling like you need to kind of prove yourself all the time. Yeah, I would definitely like I completely see that. Also, it also comes into relation to like the coming out process. Yeah. I started that school like making friends with like a lot of like the Christian people, even though like I'm not really a religious person. Mm-hmm. I just the way that I say and they're like, oh, you sing gospel. So like come with us. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> and I knew that I was like low key lying to people or like I felt like I was lying to people. But it was I was very insecure about hanging out with a lot of people just because I knew that once, like, if I were to come out, like, it would, like, change. And that first year was very interesting. It was when I started work on my second album, Millennial, which was amazing. And that's when I first really stepped into, like, a major recording studio. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting process. I would say about halfway through that semester, I ended up coming out to my mom. You were also, funny story, you were actually, like, the second person that I came out to. (laughs) (gasps) Really? Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) That I'm screaming. So no, special. literally. Aww. Yes. And it wasn't, it was so funny because I think I remember you like, I think you'd made like a post and then I texted you and was like, ah ha ha, same. Or like, congrats, like same. Yes. And you're yes. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up coming out to my mom during that time. And that was, it was, it was honestly, it was a little rough at first mm-hmm. just because I, I felt like I was like exposed almost because it was something that I've of course been holding on since I was like 11 years old. It was definitely interesting that first fall semester. I honestly count that as like part one of Berkeley and then like the rest is part two. (laughs) Just because that was a time where I truly felt like there was just so much happening around me. And like I was I was along for the journey, but I also didn't feel secure, whether that be like secure at school or secure like in my friend group, because I just didn't feel right. Like I just didn't feel secure. 
but of course coming out and like being like kind of just gravitating toward my my friend group now um and gravitating towards like the music scene that I want to get into um I was able to kind of find my place at Berkeley during like that spring semester and even like during my year off because like coming back was just has just been amazing as well I'm one of the few people in my family to get a degree so I just really I want to make sure that I do this like for my family <laughs> so it it sounds like that first part of Berkeley was like a really big like transition period of like a lot of change in your life and and kind of finding that that new group where I'm kind of interested cuz uh I really love your music and it it has a very oh, uh, unique thank you. take on things <laughs> I'd I'd love to know a little bit more about kind of your your journey to finding what that kind of sound is like and what influences that first part of Berkeley probably uh led to Yes I so I feel like a lot of my music is like night and day like i can write songs that are very like ah oh, like bubblegum like yay like everything's happy period but then i also have like my other songs like ghost or like it's like the the bubblegum is like the drive like drive like things like that where it's like oh intuition like it's like oh this mm -hmm. is like like sing songy and then there's like the nighttime which is like ghost and new song that i have working on right now that are just very like they're very contrasting but they're almost similar in a way. A lot of my inspiration comes from video games. I wasn't really allowed to play video games when I was younger and there was a of course a transitional time between high school and college where I went to North Carolina to see to hang out with like my cousin and I just ended up playing video games for like basically like a whole month. <laughs> but of course it was the games that had come out when I was, you know, I was two, three, four, five. So it was like early 2000s games. And hearing that stuff, like I started to kind of like write my music, write music that emulated that kind of sound, whether it be songs like Drive or even my, my song um, on Millennial Insomnia, they're kind of pulling from a very like magical world just because I feel like video game, like video game soundtracks and music, there's so much effort put into it and it has to like really fit in at the right places or like, oh, like this world is here, like this is here, like to talk to this person, play this music. I really like how unique video game music is. And that was, that's the inspiration for a lot of where my sound comes from, like the drive, intuition even like just things that sound like almost magical in a sense mm -hmm. and a lot of my artistic inspirations are like prince stevie wonder billy eilish now because i just she's so cool <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> literally and this other artist called sophie who i really love like production wise she's so killer i also would say my grandmother's another inspiration i she's not she's my musical inspiration for the person that she is but it's more I would say a, like a life motto because like I think her her goal in life was to be rebellious to like be unique and be like be who she wants to be and like I really just want to live my life as authentically as her and like just do do me in a sense like do what I want to do like write the music that I want to do like do what makes me happy yeah it's wonderful and I think it's especially in the business that you're going into it's sometimes hard to stay true to yourself in a way because you know so many people can be like well that's not what people that's not what the general public wants to listen to or you know you should mm -hmm. have more of a pop sound or more of an R&B sound like you don't you know it's it's hard to stay true sometimes to your sound 
sound that you want. I think that's wonderful that you're able to do that. Oh, thank you. And I completely, yeah, I completely hear that. It's, I, I do have something to add to that. It's so interesting because, like, I do all of my shows in a crop top, <laughs> which is, like, an interesting thing. I don't think people realize that every show I do is in a crop top, but it, like, they're literally every show I do is in a crop top. I love that. <laughs> thank you. But doing that, of course, I did that for my first show, my first big show in 2018. And people like they didn't care, but they're also like, what if you like, you know, kind of tone it down and like do something that's like just strictly like this, like just stay in this pop era because like that's like your bread and butter, like just do what you got to do, like just to get there. And like I was I was smiling and I was like, yeah, sure. But I also like I knew that that wouldn't like resonate with me in a sense. And I was like, I know I know I do want to be like, I knew I do want to be on like a trajectory. But I also know that like, I don't really want to get there by like mimicking other people. And like, I also just wouldn't want to copy someone else's work in any way. So it, it's very interesting that you say that because that has been like a very reoccurring theme, I would say, especially in the music industry, where it's just mm -hmm. like, you have to be authentic. And like, authenticity is like what drives you and what that's what people love. I think the reason why Billie Eilish is so popular right now is because she is so authentically herself. So many yes. people don't like her music, but she's not making music for them. But the other mm -hmm. thing is like, it's totally an issue that I, I think happens in all kinds of art, but especially in music is you have to kind of play this game of, do I want to do exactly what I know will, you know, get me to where I want to be, even if it's not authentically who I am? Or do I stay true to myself and just hold out and hope that, you know, that gets me where I need to go? Because you could totally just, you know, play the yeah i'll do bubblegum pop and become popular and all that fun stuff but like mm -hmm. you were saying that's not like it doesn't resonate with you and i feel like that could get really soul crushing yeah definitely and that's also like that's come so completely accurate because like i've truly i've just the fact that i've tried it before after like the year off that i took from college i was testing the waters a sense in a sense and like trying to find my unique sound and like a lot of the songs that I ended up recording when I first got back to Los Angeles was like very mainstream things. And, but like everybody loved them, which I was like happy for. But it was it just didn't feel like fulfilling for me to write them because mm -hmm. um, I knew I was like, I'm writing for somebody else. I'm not writing these songs for myself. I'm writing them for people. But I, I really like consider like 2017 into 2018, like very transitional years for me just because that was really when I started to kind of like grow up artistically and just be like, okay, from now on, my career is going to be for me. I'm going to like essentially take back my career and like do the music that I want to do. And like, I just hope that people can like it, but it's like, I'm going to just do what I like, what I want to do, what I want to sound like. I heard something literally last night from um, the biopic Rocket Man that said, you have to kill the person that you were born to be in order to be the person you want to be. And like, I literally started crying and I was like, what the heck? Like, why am I emotional over this? But it was like, it just really resonated with me in that sense. Also, the fact that Elton John's an Aries as well. <laughs> mm, yeah. I don't know. But it was just so, it was just that stuff is so interesting for real. Trying to, not to fit into the box. Do you ever find yourself kind of moving back into that, that kind of old path of like trying to make a, a song or, or, or make a project fit more into what you think others would appreciate? Uh, and and if so, do you ever kind of, how do you balance between creating the music that, that you really want to and maybe falling into old traps? 
I would say I don't fall into it as much just because I've started to like kind of grow like my fan base with the music that I have released like as of recent, which has been amazing. But there are some moments where I will be in like two, I'm like, oh, wait, like, will people understand this? Because I don't like I do have a tendency and like Free can even tell you this of being like too weird when it comes to some songs. (laughs) There are some times where I truly have to be like, okay, let me like pull back like just a little bit. And like maybe just put it, not put it back to back in the song. Or if I just put this part of this song in a different song or like this vocal effect, what if we put that somewhere else? It's definitely like a good, there's definitely a good middle ground in appealing to like the mass versus appealing to like just myself. I luckily don't write music that is like just like undigestible, I guess if that's a word, or indigestible. Mm. But I do realize that like there are like, artists a lot of artists that make like art that is it like it's still art but it's not something that like almost everybody can understand it's something that like a lot of like only a few people can understand but for me I've I think I've kind of found like a very good middle ground between balancing like appealing to like my fans and appealing to like like a broader culture versus like appealing to myself and like making sure that I like what I'm putting out. That's kind of interesting. And this may be just kind of a random question that doesn't really make much sense. But thinking about kind of how you're you're creating the art that you are, could you ever see yourself kind of changing mediums in in a sense? Ooh, so so you mean like more like changing like styles or like genres or like what do you mean? When when you were describing kind of the really out there type of indigestible type music, I was thinking that, you know, sometimes people kind of migrate from even music to different mediums like art or, or spoken word or, or that kind of stuff. So like even within the same medium and switching genres or even completely throwing it out the window and, and migrating to something else. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't, I'm not sure entirely yet. I know that I want to like stay like being a singer and like a touring artist and things like that. I do plan to actually move into, or at least I want to move into fashion in a couple of years time in my career, just because fashion is another way of like truly expressing like identity and like, like just unique like styles. I do really want to start my own fashion company at some point once I have like time slash like funding to do so. And then I actually after that want to open my own house that houses kids who are like LGBT, or like kids who are LGBT that have like experienced homelessness. Like I want to make sure that they are set up to kind of live out their life. And they're set up to be the person that they want to be whether that be a person through the arts, like I want to set up some arts programs for them or like just like anything like 401k is like literally anything so that they are set up in a good way to succeed and be the person that they are at the same time just because I feel like that was another struggle coming like coming out for me like between turning 18 and 19 like a lot of people just could not get behind my music or they just couldn't like support what I was doing just because of like my sexuality or gender but like I really want to make sure that like kids going forward have like a market and like they have like a family, like whether that be just like a chosen family or like their actual family, I want to make sure that they have a place to go and they're not just like overlooked. Yeah, that's really inspirational. That's incredible. Thank you. I think it's something that we kind of 
I mean, I know I take it for granted, <laughs> you know, the fact that I have such a supportive and loving family and knowing that there are so many people in this world who don't, especially when it comes down to something as, you know, trivial as not, you know, supporting your child because of their sexuality or their gender. Like, I mean, I personally can't imagine that because that that's just crazy to me. But, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where there's so many kids out there and so many people who do not have a support system. And I, and I think the fact that you're creating that, especially whether it's, you know, for artistic kids or, you know, people who just want to live a quote unquote normal life, like it's having that home base can just like open up your mind to so many different things and give them so many more opportunities than they would not have even thought they could do beforehand. Yeah. So David, are you doing any mentorship or, or anything for for people around you that, that you're helping out with this kind of thing? Yes, I'm actually starting up. I have like a like um I'm looking to do a lot of that, whether that be in Boston or whether that be like when I move back to Los Angeles. I want to get involved in that world so much. There's a program in Boston called Glass, which is kind of like it's it's basically do, doing what I want to do, whether that be through like therapy or whether that be through the arts. But I definitely want to start like doing like volunteer work or just like working there while I'm like in Boston for the remainder of it. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking to get involved in that world, whether that be on the East Coast or like even New York or Los Angeles. I just want to make sure that like people are safe because I feel like the I feel like a lot of people who aren't accepted come from like the smaller towns like the mm -hmm. Midwest like you know the South like people like where people just cannot accept very sheltered yeah right exactly and I really want to make sure that when I do start my house that it's something that's like kind of more of a foundation where it's like expanded and like there are different locations and not just like like Los Angeles, but like in places like South Carolina or like, you know, places that are like, yeah, there's like a deep, like there's a deep, um, like not just not a deep acceptance of that. <laughs> we have some high level questions we like asking our guests so that we get a better understanding of, of who you are and, and also our listeners do as well. <laughs> the questions are, are pretty standard. Very random. Oh, cool. <laughs> we find that everyone has really interesting answers, especially considering the artistic nature that everyone kind of has. And I'm really excited actually to hear your answers. So I would love to yeah. ask you the, these questions. Oh, amazing. Okay. All right. So first question, what is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts? Hmm. The hardest thing about pursuing the arts, I would say as of recent, is getting in my own way. I find that I have a lot of good resources in like connections to be where I want to be in the industry. But I think I am working on slash need to work on kind of having kind of a security like within myself to like drive myself forward more because like I don't have any doubts about who I am like that's never an issue. But it's more just about like getting kind of stingy when it comes to like my music. Um, mm. So I'm like, no, like, I love that song. Like, I don't want to release it. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I just I just want to keep it forever. <laughs> but I'm like, right. But I have like, after a point, I'm like, okay, you can't not like you can just not release music like people do that. But like, if you want this life for yourself, you have to release songs. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I think that's like the hardest thing for me. It's not usually like writing or like, it, like producing any kind of music that 
stresses me. It's more just about like kind of holding myself back and being like, oh, wait, or getting like self-conscious about something and being like, oh, wait, I need to, I don't know. I don't know. But then just doing it. I really, I'm like working on that. Definitely. Who have you learned the most from? There's a bunch of answers for this one. Oh my goodness. Honestly. Okay. Ariana Grande. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, literally she's one just because when I first was like 15 and I'm like, I'm going to be a pop star. She's the first person that I watched. Like she's the first person that I really learned like how to just do what she does from, especially her just being like so talented. I just liked watching like her interviews and watching like her behind the scenes tour videos and things like that. My mom has also been someone that I've learned a lot from from a very young age, just because she she's worked in the entertainment industry basically for my whole life. And she would bring me on tour when I was younger. She would pull me out of school and like we would fly to like DC or like Chicago. But I think I remember just learning so much, like to the point where I truly wanted to be like her in my own way, just because she truly showed me the world of like entertainment and like the world of like dealing with like the business side of things and just really navigating that. So I would say she helped me on like the business side. Prince is another one who helped me kind of on that gender explorative, just like unique side of everything. For a while, I would like kind of feel like no one was really doing what I was doing. And it made me really self-conscious because I'm like, what if I'm too weird? But I started looking at like Prince and now Billie Eilish. And I was like, these are two very like strange individuals, Mm -hmm. but like they're so talented and like people just love, like they truly love these people. Those were two people that were super inspirational for like music. And of course, Miss Beyonce, Giselle Knowles Carter. Oh, yes. (laughs) has been super inspirational basically almost all four of those media medias like the business side the pop side like the pop girl side like the artistic side she's someone who like i've really kind of learned from in like kind of having the idea of being like mysterious in the industry because she doesn't really do like she really stays to herself which is so interesting to me Mm -hmm. but i don't know that's that's really important because i feel like if you tell everybody your business or if you tell everybody what you're doing everybody can put some sort of energy on that whether that be like good or bad but I just I really respect the fact that she's like silent about the things that she's doing for the most part the next question is kind of in the same vein a little bit different what resource have you learned the most from I would honestly say YouTube Mm. overall It's it's so interesting being like a Gen Zer and like saying YouTube. I mean, it's a fabulous resource, though. <laughs> Literally, I've never really liked books. To be honest, like I would force myself to read just so that I could like say I read something. But I would say like the most the biggest one for me is YouTube, just because I've learned I'm like a very visual learner when it comes to things, and like I kind of studied like in my later high school years, I studied people like the princes and like the ariana grande it's like i literally i would watch like these videos on in and on in like for during my free periods like even during some classes i truly use youtube in like such a different way whether that be like looking at them or like looking at like oh how do you use this audio software 
or like, here's how to use Logic Pro. YouTube was kind of like the opener to like all of that whole world of options and ideas and ideals. So yeah, I would definitely say YouTube has been like the number one. And just like looking at like music videos and like getting inspiration for like Missy Elliott's The Rain video. Like just there's so many things mm. that I've seen and like I first saw on YouTube. That's really cool. I, I really resonate with that as well. I, I go to YouTube whenever I need to figure out like if I have like a, a blown tire on the road, like how do I fix it? Or <laughs> like uh, trying to figure no, out everything the audio is there. Uh, yeah. stuff uh, as well. Yeah, everything is accessible and it's such a great medium because you can listen and watch and it's it's all the best. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a slightly different track, are there any quotes that kind of give you a little bit of wisdom throughout the day? Yes, quote wise. Oh my gosh. Every time I try to create a quote, I get so cheesy and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even do this. <laughs> I have like a lot of mottos, whether that be just me as like an Aries. I'm a huge believer in Zodiac. Here for it. Yes. The one quote I would say is from last night, which is, of course, kill the person that you were born to be in order to be the person you want to be. I think that's something that I like learn from slash struggle with every day. And like just hearing that in like even just a movie was like so reaffirming. I think another thing as like just a motto is... I'm a huge believer of like not putting other people down and like accepting people for who they are. Like if somebody knocks knocks you down or like if somebody like tries to hurt you or tries to like diminish what you're doing, you should that should like make you work like three million times harder, <laughs> like just because they did it in the first place. I've had like so many people tell me what I'm not and like tell me that what I need to do and like what I should and like that what I'm doing is like not the right path or even like to go as far as say like oh like god wouldn't want me to be doing that whenever i am put down in ways it just it makes me work literally so much harder i'm like okay bet you hurt my feelings so i'm gonna start like a seat i'm gonna start a whole um corporation and yeah so (laughs) stay mad (laughs) that's kind of how i live my life i would say i think that's something to live by for sure (laughs) what it's like it's a stupid one but it's uh, haters are my motivators (laughs) literally honestly 2011 snapped like haters are truly my motivators my haters are my motivators (laughs) literally oh my goodness (laughs) another thing kind of in the same vein but not really what is your favorite piece of art right now could be be, you know, a song, a movie, TV show, piece of literal visual art. Yes. Okay. I would say my favorite album right now is Solange's new newest album, When I Get Home. Mm. It's really just done so many things for my life. It's gotten me through a breakup. It's literally gotten me through so many things in these past, like in this past year, really. I always hear something different when I listen to it. That's like such a well-produced album. Like there's just so much going on at every in every place. And like you mm-hmm. truly have to like listen to it like a hundred times in order to like catch everything. I'm gonna have to give that a listen for sure. Oh my god, yes, you do. It's so good. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and I was I was gonna save this for the end, but we're also putting up on the website references to the the show, the things that you mentioned, and one of the things that I've 
liked doing for the musicians that we have on the show is kind of a playlist on Spotify of, of both their music, but also of uh, songs that kind of inspire them. So if oh, you cool. have like a playlist or something on, on Spotify or, or some kind of link that we could share, like to have people go to and, and kind of check out the music that you're really into, I think that would be a really cool resource for people. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. That's so amazing. Also, okay, my playlists are named very dumbly <laughs> oh, um, same mine are like all emojis or like cry playlists literally <laughs> so yes i would be more Sad. right i would be more than happy to send you a playlist i'm just letting you know they're like the dumbest titles uh, oh, i'm excited I, okay i love, I love that yeah okay great yeah we'll we'll catch that on the on the other side i'm super excited and uh again i'm always looking for new music so this is gonna be great for me as well personally oh that's so awesome (laughs) awesome so uh another question this one um you can well i'll just ask as literally as you want (laughs) as literally or as figuratively totally your call so what keeps you up at night Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on, let me let me think about that one. I think what keeps me up at night is making sure that I am being a tr- being true to myself, being true to my grandma, and also kind of tied with that is like, am I where I want to be right now? Am I making the headway? Am I making the progress that I want to make at twenty years old and like soon at twenty one years old? Like, am I going to be where I want to be? Even though like I can come off as like confident about like what I'm doing, there is, of course, as there is with like most artists, like a feeling of like inadequacy and being like kind of um, imposter syndrome. Mm. Just because I did have like my own training before coming to college, but like sometimes I definitely feel as though like I'm not who I say I am, oddly enough. I think that's definitely what keeps me up at night which is like interesting also like sleep paralysis because like i have so much sleep paralysis but yeah oh we love that literally (laughs) that's the best yeah those are fun (laughs) (laughs) so this is our last question of these like we called them rapid fire questions originally but they've never been rapid fire because all of the answers are way too like in depth which is good (laughs) but it's just like i don't know why we thought on the rapid fire yeah (laughs) (laughs) so to a person who might be interested in pursuing the arts while they're still working a nine to five or you know if they haven't really pursued it before what advice would you give to them Okay, I would say one, which is like just annoying, like, you know, like you just got to do it. Like, literally, Mm -hmm. I was also working like crazy jobs when I started to like, kind of make breakthroughs in my career. I was working for, we're not working for, but I was wrapping up a music video with US partnering with USC in 2018 at the same time that I got hired to work at a juice bar. And it was crazy because I barely had any money to my name during that time. And I was working hard, but I was also stretching myself too thin because I would literally work from like 9 a.m. to like 3 p.m. or 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., get home, take like a shower or whatever, and then work on music until like 3 a.m. and then go back to work at 9 a.m. People like that life. And like, I know a lot of people kind of glamorize or like, you know, talk about that life is like oh you just gotta work you just gotta work you just gotta work but like honestly mm-hmm. like do you gotta sleep you have too. to sleep <laughs> right but also go just do you gotta go hard like for real as well like it's 
I didn't do it like as healthily as I should have. I think the biggest thing is just doing what you want to do, regardless of what people think about it. I'm truly like one of the first people like that you should come to when it comes to doing pe- doing things regardless of what people think. I think that's the biggest thing, especially if you're working a nine to five or something like that. Like if this mm-hmm. is something that you truly want, if this is if you want to exist in a different place in your life, if you want to make that kind of leap, there's truly nothing wrong with that. You have to build up that confidence and like keep going when it does get like because it will at sometimes it does get tough whether that be financially or truly just what people are talking like if people are talking Mm -hmm. you have to like have that confidence enough to like keep going hey guys thanks so much for listening you can find out more about david on her instagram at david robinson world and for even more information on david this episode's details along with a link to one of david's favorite spotify playlists check out our website at www.artisticpodcast.com if you like the conversation let us know by giving us a review on apple Podcasts. it really helps other people like you find the show and gives us a chance to know who's listening for updates on new episodes and content you can follow us at the artistic pod on instagram and facebook thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next Wednesday. Adios.